Welcome to the Painters Today podcast and I'm your host Lucy Cox. This is episode 11, Colours and Games, featuring Lawrence Noga. Lawrence graduated from Byram Shaw Central St Martins in 1991. He is an artist, curator and writer. Recent exhibitions include the John Moores Painting Prize in Liverpool, Open System at CNC Gallery London and Makeshift at Collier Bristow in London. In 2016, he curated Imperfect Reverse with Saturation Point at Camberwell Project Space, for whom he also writes for, and currently lectures at the University of the Arts London. You can follow him on Instagram at lawrence.noga. Please follow the Painters Today podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud and Podbean. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at 23carousels and follow the hashtag Painters Today. saw you was at the CNC gallery was it last January that's right January yeah, last year time, yeah. and that was your solo show wasn't it called that open system. open system that's right, yeah. Yeah. yeah could you talk a little bit more about that show yeah I think um, for me that show felt very personal um, probably because uh, a few years ago my mum passed away um, recently my, my dad actually passed away but um, in that time, I moved my dad, and um, I took everything from the house. But what was particularly interesting in the house um, was my dad's garage, um, and the reason for that was because my dad was very sort of systematic in the garage. He had everything kind of labelled and in rows, um, doorknobs, you know, about fifty doorknobs on one wall, um, all in lines. Um, Lots and lots of tools all lined up, packets all lined up. Um, we had all my mum's m- music, um, sheet sheet music all lined up. He had, um, I suppose, um, yeah, I suppose all the bits and pieces as well. So I guess wood, plastics, other things that were in the garage as well. So what I did was I kind of pretty much put all that together in different boxes, and um, you know, took took brought it here. So I started thinking about you know, the, the, my history and um, my my you know, parents' history. And my mum was a singer; she was a jazz singer, um, and she she sang with people like the Ivy Benson Band. And um, you know, she travelled around the world and was very interested in uh, in kind of I suppose performance in that sense that she was you know, she was interested in, in big band sounds and that kind of thing so I guess that I, I grew up with with that kind of idea of, of music and and um, particularly kind of jazz as well yeah and, and I was used to going to watch it and, and listen to it um, and then my dad worked in restaurants he, he was um, he worked at the Caprice restaurant which was in Arlington Street in the West End and um, he again was a kind of involved with a lot of well-known people because they would come to the restaurant, and so there was this kind of always this kind of night uh, kind of experience with my parents, I think. And um, and when my my uh, mum passed away, they met in this jazz club in in Torquay, which was called the Four Hundred Club. So I made a kind of journey down there to um, to see the club, and um, and then recently I kind of googled my my. Google the club and the picture of my mum sort of popped up in the club actually, which is quite funny. But anyway, so all this stuff came 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 with me to the studio. Some of it's still at my my dad's, um, and then I started kind of thinking about how I could put all this these things together. Um, how I'd start to kind of uh, build, I suppose, assemblages or, or build. Think about it slightly architecturally. Think about it through a sense of history. Partly, partly my history, but also I'm very, I've always been very interested in the Bauhaus. Just in the Bauhaus, interested in um, in the artists that work there, um, Clay, Mahoney, Nagy, 
uh, you know, spring to mind, um, Albers, of course. So th those things all came together in that show. And um, also there was a kind of shift, I think, in the work because the work became more predominantly collage, constructed assemblage as a way of showing the work. But there were some canvases as well. Mm. And have you always worked with um, collages and, and, and worked in that kind of systematic way? I have really. Way of working. I have, yeah. I suppose with, with these collages we're, look, collages we're looking at here, we're looking at um, old invitations. And um, I made a decision some time ago <clears throat> to work with old invitations as a kind of, um, yeah, a rule. You know, I, I guess I'm always interested in rules. And so I write lots for myself, but this is one of them. And uh, I, I thought of this idea, I'm always going to work on throwaways, old invitation throwaways, that you know, nothing's going to happen to apart from sitting in my studio. Um, so it kind of dictated the shape of the, of the work. Um, and th th this kind of way of working started a lot for me, actually. I think I, I was working like this for a long time. <clears throat> I'm still making long paintings on canvas, like you can see one over there. But... Um, but then I realised in a way that the, the collages had more kind of contact. They felt kind of, they, they were quicker in the way they um, communicate, I think, with, with a, a viewer. And I think that's partly because they've got um, elements in like windows or staircases or, or real things as well as kind of abstracted information. And I think that's why those things quite connect fast or faster with us in the way we view them or, or um, interact with them mm. visually. Would you regard these as less personal then than the, than the works that you, that you made from your from your? Yeah, I, I guess in, in a way the collages um, are fairly intuitive in the mm. way I make them. I guess I'm still thinking about perhaps interior, exterior space possibly, architecture, yeah. um, personal spaces, but at that moment when I'm working, I guess I'm just working. And I work very fast. I usually begin the day like that. I, I will work with, um, I'll go and get some uh, old magazines or record covers uh, from Depth of Market. Or and I've got a lot of my dad's uh, bits and pieces here, like you can see things creeping out there, mm. um, that I'll kind of start to work together with, with the collages. Um, and so I'll just, I'll just execute them really fast. So it's a, it's a way of drawing, I'd say. Yeah. And so the drawing becomes a, a kind of system, systemized kind of way of thinking as well. Um, but at the same time, not thinking, because I'm trying to kind of just get myself back into each day. Because I think, you know, we always have a certain amount of time to work, don't we? And I think... Yeah. And I yeah. think... And again, my... and that is like a kind of a system, I suppose. It, it is, it? yeah. And yeah. setting yourself rules and ways of working and how much time you, that you should spend on certain things and do you think that setting yourself rules and systems has kind of helped you as a person become more orderly or are you naturally like that do you think <laughs> I, I, I think I'm partly quite messy really but, yeah but, yeah but in my studio I'm quite orderly mm, so maybe mm, at home maybe at home I kind of let things go a bit and when I come here I have to have it kind of quite organized because I just realized if I don't it's quite hard to kind of function for me so I usually have everything kind of to hand. It gets a little bit hairier when you know when I'm when I'm working with just collage because I just the whole place gets covered in collage. Mm. So I'd say at that point that the studio gets mm. a, a bit kind of more um, difficult to kind of navigate mm. because it's just it's just clutter. Mm. Um, and then the, after I've made a lot of them, I, then I'd start to clear up again, mm. and then start to think about how I'm going to sort of push those into into works that become something more developed, I guess. Mm. And you often um, take these collages and use them for larger paintings, don't you, as well? I, I do, mm. yeah. I suppose they, they form the premise for larger paintings. I think, um, I guess as soon as they start to become larger paintings, everything slows down a lot. And um, I think that that can, can be, um, you know, a good and a more difficult thing. I, I, I've, you have that battle, don't you? I, I'd like to make the paintings as quickly as I make the collages, if I could. Mm. So I do try to ex do, do it in very quick kind of bursts. But on another level, you know, obviously paint's paint, and so you have things happen, glitches happen, things things uh, disturb that kind of speed that I'd like to work at. Mm. Um, I think that's why I've started to like working in acrylic, particularly 
just because of speed and and laying things down fairly quickly and then building up on those but and that's what I, but I do like to incorporate collage into the paintings as well and, and other found things because I think I, I kind of always need that sort of tension in in the painting I think beyond the, the surface of the paint mm. And you were saying about your collages and you know and how you spend that they're quite speedy. But do you make decisions on like color palettes or? Um, I, I do actually. I, they're usually they're made, made again. I, again, I found um, a lot of these old um, color um, palettes. They're they're old ones that I think that my dad had in 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 the garage again. Um, and so I use these a lot, actually. They're, they're colour swatches, aren't they, really? Mm. Yeah, but they, they're really old. I mean, I guess they come from the 50s, 60s, something like that. Mm. And uh, so, again, they're kind of a little bit battered. And uh, so I tend to sort of make decisions with those, really. I, I did have a rule one, at one time that I'd walk into the, the, the art shop and um, close my eyes and just pick colours. <laughs> that's, that's a really good idea, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. sometimes it's like going into... Do you remember Woolworths? Yeah. And they used to have the giant sort of pick and mix suites. Yeah. And I think sometimes when you go into an art shop and you go into the you know into the colour palette section with all the yeah. different colours, is yeah. it like going into pick and mix? Oh, I think I'll have that one. Yeah. And sometimes, it's like, as you say, but that is a really good idea. Just like close your eyes and yeah. just and just pick yeah. one. Yeah. So in a way that the colour is dictated again by a found thing. I think I've become recently and really absorbed by everything that's kind of found. I, I don't, it's just taken me over a little bit. I. I tend to find things, you know, where I where I work at Camberwell in the workshop there, things that people have discarded. I like that as well. I like mm. things that are discarded at, yeah. at my, you know, my parents. Things obviously find find around, you know, around here, around Deptford. Um, so I think that that discarded thing has become another kind of rule. It's it, I try to use discarded things within within the, the work as well now. I've even sort of started to find discarded canvases as well, which I quite like. What are the what are the college? Uh, well, not well. Actually, yeah, maybe sometimes people dump things around. Yeah, yeah, they around do. around mm. the the college mm. and um, around the streets. I found a really very sort of very nice painting the other day dumped in someone's garden. I thought, anyway, so I kind of just un unpicked it and started to think I might I might use it. So I've probably like under my you know under under the places where I kind of work I guess mm. you know at Camberwell and and here and at home I have kind of collections of stuff mm. and is that how your practice has evolved over the last year or so, so I think, it, I think yeah. it has it's become more about this sense of collection and you know the discarded and perhaps you know, the kind of things that people wouldn't think about always using mm. um, and what are you working on in the studio at the moment in terms of that, <laughs> that idea well currently <laughs> Got a, as I mentioned, my sadly my, my dad passed away, mm, mm. and you know I've been looking after him a lot up until that point as well. And um, I thought um, kind of obsessively about a couple of pieces, and I just put it up today. There's a piece over there in the corner, and I've been making that piece for quite a long time. I th I think because I've been sort of acting as a kind of carer in, in some way for a while the piece has just become a kind of focus and I've just been working on it and working on it and I think probably, I don't know what I've managed to do to it, but I... I yeah, it's almost yeah. like you've become a carer to the painting I've been as a carer well. to the yes, painting yeah, and, so, and so it has mm. everything about that time um, that I was caring for my dad in the painting, um, little bits again of small washers that he used to have in the flat uh, uh, bits, of, bits of menus that he used to have in the flat um, so things again, you know, that, that kind of were about him, mm. and so in a way, I guess it's some kind of. Mm. Could, you talk, bit, could you talk a bit more about the little object on the bottom left-hand side? It's it looks um, like a circular plastic. Yeah, my yeah. my dad collected ducks, kind of air ducks. I you know, so kind of little vents. Oh yeah, air vents. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. I don't know why he had air vents, <laughs> but. Um, uh, he did, and he, and he had quite a lot of them. So I started thinking that the air vents were also an interesting addition to the kind of way that the painting might be kind of thought about. Um, and I guess it, it's you know it's kind of making painting a little bit more three dimensional, more sculptural in the way you mm. might read them. Um, mm. But I also thought I I like this idea of kind of the whole the spaces being different in the paintings. They <clears throat> 
So they're not, you're not just reading it on one level, you've got these different levels and compartments, I suppose. That's the thing I've always liked working with, the idea of compartments. And even when I just used to make paintings, I sort of been interested in, in, in that, that way of thinking, mm. compartments. Mm. Um, and, and also a kind of depth of field, if you like. I've always been interested in a kind of depth of field with a painting. Mm. So. Windows. Exactly. That, that, yeah. that's, that's been something that's I've always it's always driven the work mm. out, I think. Yeah. Again, coming back to my my own personal upbringing, it, it, I think it again has to do with with musical connections, particularly the way you know the, some of the works look like old um, tape machines or beatboxes or you know mm. things like that, and, and I guess I kind of grew up with old tape machines and old you know people used to carry them around the street and that kind of thing mm. and my mum used to have them and you know there used to be a lot in the house because she was always recording things and and she was you know she really liked sound as well so mm. um and I and I had for quite a while an old answer machine with her talking on it which I you know, now it's sort of busted up really because I kept listening to her sort of oh, speaking yeah. and, and you yeah. know and I, I, I like that in them as well they have the, the, there's a kind of sense of the machine in the in these yeah yeah not not just looking at them but also in the way you work maybe yeah systematically yeah I think so yeah and you yeah. know referring back to you know people like Maholi Nagy mm, and those mm. kinds of artists who were yeah. interested in that kind yeah. of um, yeah the mechanistic mm. could you talk a bit more about the way those artists worked and how and how they've influenced you I, I, I think they all were interested in theory mm. you know yeah. theory of colour mm. um theory of architecture mm. I think those those you know predominant kind of theories really mm. um, drove their practice but I think also of course they were um, you know the, the, the war either side of them um, were incredibly important I guess mm. um, you, you know that those artists like Clay and Kandinsky um, you know they 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 were running everything at the Bauhaus they were painters they were running everything mm. and that's quite extraordinary because it could have been designers or it could have been you know other types of of makers, but actually, you know, you've got painters running the running the Bauhaus at a certain point, and that must have been hugely influential in terms of that right across the way everything was understood there, right through from uh, you know from, from physical understanding of colour and paint through Albers to more sort of more performative performative connotations with you know the kind of um, performance based uh, costumes that the, the the, um, are made of paper and those kinds of things. We recently at, at Camberwell did a kind of whole workshop around both a kind of constructed um, paper workshop and then also a colour theory workshop, yeah, which were great, you know, really interesting areas to kind of investigate as well a bit. Um, I think for me, um, you know, Clay, Clay probably has that also that sort of poetic sense, the way he thinks. Mm, yeah, and, I think and, so. And perhaps that mm. that's also impacts upon mm. on me a little bit the mm. way he um, he kind of think imagines them the, these structures the, harmonically, you know. But they're also sort of have a kind of poetic system to them, really. Yeah, he, he's yeah. not just thinking through theory there. I think he's mm. thinking through harmonic balance of color. And mm. uh, so I think there's there's with him you've got his his really strong interest in also the garden. And he was he, there was a recent um, book that I own actually which was about Clay's relationship with the garden. And my dad was a really obsessive gardener as well. So I, I kind of got really interested in the way he liked the garden and the way he was responding to a lot of the kind of colour and his construction the way again another personal space in the garden Mm, yeah I mean there's a lovely quote by Clee actually and when I read it I I, you know I thought of you and and he and he says that creative art never begins with a poetic mood or idea but with the building of one or more figures the harmonization of a few colors and tonalities um, and do, do you work in a similar way? Do you? Well, I'm assuming that you do. You know, you go with sort of moods and ideas. I think I do. Yeah. I think I think I'm yeah. quite driven by that. Really, mm, mm. I think um, I think certain colours, certain moods, certain atmospheres, I pick up on quite strongly. Yeah, and I think that that kind of permeates the work. Really, I think we always seem to be drawn to certain kind of colour in our lives. I, I, I don't know what it is. With a lot of painters I know, they seem to kind of always get drawn back to some similar colours throughout their life really mm. and I think we all have that kind of in us and that's why I sometimes want to subvert that by doing you know, things like closing my eyes and choosing colours 
Um, so that will just you know move everything towards something yeah, more. Yeah, because more, then because yeah. then it breaks the mold. Exactly, it? and yeah. that's sort of. Yeah. I'm very interested in the kind of relationship between tertiary color and primary color and secondary color. I'll always use tertiary color against against primaries and secondaries or complementaries because I think. I always want to kind of have that juxtaposition just as it can visually shift the eye. Mm. I, I, I had another piece in the CNC show which went from black and white right through to colour. Mm. Um, and again, it just had one little washer in the painting. Mm. But um, again, it's quite a deliberate kind of um, strategy, I guess, to, yeah. to kind of control. And I quite like how you use black, actually, because it is quite a difficult colour to kind of balance, you know, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think yeah. again. I I don't think I've used it really. Well, I, I have used it consciously. Yeah, I've got, you have used it quite I, a lot. I've, I've got a lot of collection of blacks, mm. you know, lamp blacks, um, yeah. Mars blacks. You know, really yeah. different blacks that you can really interlock together. But I think I I mix them also up. Right, so, so you mix. Yeah. So you take say lamp black and then you might mix uh, Mars okay, black. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll keep pushing mm. those. So, so yeah. you won't know exactly the, what, how the blacks are kind of looking because they are made up of lots of different blacks. Mm. Yeah. In fact, I tend to do that with most colours. Actually, I tend to put you know uh, two or three colours together to make a red or to make a green. So mm. you'll always end up with something you can't quite recognise because again, as among my rules, I just think well, I don't really want people to recognise the colour by what are the decisions I made in the collage. Ah, right, yeah. So yeah. I also try to replicate that a little bit because yeah. often in the collage I'm lucky because it'll come up with, you know, because I'm working fast, I'll make choices of colour without thinking and then look oh. back at them and I think, oh, that's interesting. actually that's really shifted the way I might mm. use colour. And it's just the way we, we were sort of moving everything. Mm. I just came across one of your sketchbooks and you had like rule one Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rule yeah two, so do you yeah. tend to sort of write write them down? And yeah, then I write, I write them quite often. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of always again. That's how I start a day, maybe or a week or a month or you know. I think I, I kind of write a little set of rules again. I'm always writing down people, people's people's um, interaction with me. I guess if they'll say something in a private view, or if they say something in a conversation, I'll write it down. I mean, you know, yeah, we that's all we yes. all have had studio visits. We mm, you know quite often, yeah. don't we? But you know, and I, I think I really like those, but I think sometimes this kind of the um, comment that is just a throwaway thing is quite good as well. Yeah. I like to write that thing down fast, Yeah, yeah, you? you do. Otherwise yeah. they go and you just mm. kind of, or, or you wake up thinking about them halfway mm. through the night and yeah. some writing down. Definitely. And would you say that drawing is, uh, well, we've spoken about drawing, mm. um, how how is drawing important to your to your practice? Well, I teach a lot of drawing mm. in, in, at Camberwell. I, I teach in an area called drawing conceptual practice, um, and I teach in painting. But I I think I'm I like the way that drawing becomes a very kind of wide understanding of how people might um, develop their work. Um, you know, I, I've got students who work with with mapping text. Uh, students who work with colour, light, space, um, yeah, so, some obviously work with the body, but I, I, I think it, I, I always find it really an inspiring way to work because it kind of really gets inside people's um, immediate thinking. It's the, it's the most, it's, clo- it's as close as isn't it really un- unlocks the way people think. And I, I think that, that for me is really critical. I mean, I suppose I, I've recently in the last few years, I've I pretty much predominantly use collage to draw. Um, I have in the past used um, pastels, inks, a lot of, lot of colour-based material. I don't tend to use too much kind of charcoal or pencil or those kinds of things. I usually use things that kind of um, always kind of have a physicality about the mm. surface. Mm. Um, I Things know. that you can rip and then... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people like Michael Kidner, who I like, you know, used um, a, a lot of oil pastel, uh, watercolour, all those kinds of things to kind of make drawings with initially. Um, and I, I think I'm quite in line with that kind of thinking, really. Mm. Um, you know, th- those kind of things. Sort of, and, and I think, I suppose, any, any kind of um, collage material that I can kind of... Mm. And was, and was there um, a time where... Was there a time where, um, where pastel or, you know pencil or charcoal informed this kind of way of working now or have you always you said that you, you know you dealt with college for a long time yeah. but was there a period because I know you've been painting for a long time but was there a period of where past you know all of the more tr- traditional modes of 
Yeah, I guess I, I used to work a lot on paper. Mm. So I think thinking about that, I, I also liked then to work with kind of fluid material, gouache, acrylic, mm. inks. Again, I'd always just draw with those, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even if I was working in black and white, I was still kind of using the mm. same kinds of things. Con- well, I used Conte, actually. I've used Conte in the past. Um, and then Conte and ink or something like that to mm. kind of probably make a kind of black and white drawing. Um, yeah, I suppose I, I always find pencil the most sort of problematic. If I think if I ever work with pencils I, or, or charcoal, I usually sort of stick them on the end of a stick like Matisse and try to kind of keep them at a distance. <laughs> <laughs> discuss uh, your recent paintings um, soft orange filter black uh, and this painting that we've got here this lovely little painting um, called deep blue filtered silver which was in the in last year's John Moore's painting prize uh, and also uh, soft red filtered grey uh, how long have you been naming paintings in this way and, uh, and is there a reason why uh, why they're related to the colours and the tonalities of you know the work I think again it opens up to possible avenues really one is a kind of poetic one again connected mm. with kind of clay again and and also a sense of um, the relationships of color um, but I, I often choose them in a way that the, the title will sound quite poetic even though it's just the same way of structuring the, the title so although it it, you know, it could sound, uh, I guess, I guess like a, 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 an artist who would title the work one or two or three. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm titling the work with just the colour, but I'm kind of, I suppose, breaking it up with those words like filtered or soft. So it, it tends to get just give it a little bit more of a poetic undercurrent in the way someone mm. might might um, react to it. Um, and also, I tend to use things that. Some colours have a, a more kind of poetic sense to them, like Prussian blue or something. You know, and that kind of way often will will probably get drawn to something with just yeah. a little bit more yeah. poetic sense yeah. of, of how it kind of uh, works. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think with with the one that was in the John Moores, um, again, I one of the things that activates the whole painting, as I probably mentioned, it, it, are, are the supports. And again, I found the support. Um, uh, at my at my dad's um, garage, and um, then I thought, well, actually, this is a strange kind of beveled shape. Um, it, it has connotations of house. It has connotations Just like with the stairs. Yeah, it has yeah, connotations of, of mm. stairs. It has mm. you know, many kind of um, feelings, mm. phenomenological kind of processes in the way you might look at it, um, and so. Uh, and also, I sort of replicated my dad's interest in the, the color, kind of color charts. And uh, but I, but I started to think I'm I'm also going to work layers into this as well. So I even even when I've used the color chart bar, I think that I think they they start the painting. Then I work with palette knives over the top of um, collage as well. So it starts to build another kind of facture mm. over the way that, that the surface operates. Yeah. Um, and mm. It's amazing how heavy it is, actually. Yeah, I didn't realise that it yeah. was so heavy when I saw it on the on the photographs. Yeah. And you've got this kind of strange contrast between the sort of flatness of the two dimensional space with the sort of heavy weight of the actual support, which is quite unusual. Yeah, that's what I like about it. Actually, I, I mm. guess wood is heavy. You know, and, and yeah. I think one that that's the thing about ones that can always get to get to a certain size of wood. Mm-hmm. Where it becomes maybe a little bit unmanageable as a kind of uh, support to a painting, um, although I, I I think once you kind of build a kind of frame on it, you could you could use it to quite you know, large scale. But I think um, I like the kind of chunkiness of the, of the of that particular found piece as well. So I guess in in all these cases, I've kind of tried mm-hmm. to use things that. Have a kind of painting as object, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. the kind of thing I got. Really and and about. some of them do seem to be more personal than others. So this one up here look, resembles a a saw of some kind, or some or some. Well, it again can, connects. To, it yeah, connects to connect, my dad's. Yeah, connects uh, garage, to your dad. Uh, mm. with, with the kind of tools he was really the interested tools, in. Yeah. And my dad was Polish, and he, he was um, very interested in the land, and he 
grew up in um, near Gdansk, and um, he, his, mm -hmm. his father had, was a carpenter, mm -hmm. and yeah. he had a farm, uh, and so he, he really came out of that kind of um, uh, space where he was interested in going into his dad's workshop every day, and you know, and he he kind of brought that with him. Mm. Um, so I think I kind of inherited that sense of interest in in found objects, but also in in, in wood. And also in the, the collected things. So um, yeah, I mean there are bits of um, my mum's record collection in that as well. I was she was so a lot of the colours the colours come out of things like um, uh, different um, title record record um, titles uh, and record record companies really like Capital Records and other yeah, records from that uh, time. Because Decker they, yeah, Decker. They had they, the phones, yeah. some of them had silver in the work in the in the title as well. Oh, so yeah. that's one of the reasons I, I called this this painting between a deep, deep silver. I think deep blue filtered silver yeah, yeah. was also to do with the my mother's collection of, of records as well. Oh, okay. So it was to do with the kind of the way that a lot of those um, yeah a lot of record companies at that time were, mm. were, were titled in that way. Mm. Um, and again, in a slightly kind of a poetic way. Mm. Um, mm. And, I, and I, so I think this, and, and when I showed this at CNCI, I, I wanted to show it quite high, I suppose. <coughs> mm. So I, I showed it. I, yeah, I, 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 I seem to remember. Yeah, it was yeah. quite high. Yeah, yeah, and you've and you've brought it back to the studio and yeah. left it that way. Yeah, I've kind of left it at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I seem to remember this one on the back wall here in your studio was yeah. also in the um, in the CNC show. It's it's a sort of a rectangle um, uh, painting, and it's got like a like a triangle plastic uh, thing on the top of it. <laughs> That's the way to describe it, to be honest. But it's red. Um, is is there any significance for that triangle? Does that relate to anything that you discovered? I, I think it, again, it was it was a, actually in this case it was a found piece of perspex at, at Campbellwell. Ah, Campbellwell. Okay. But, um, I, I I liked it, and I I wanted the painting to have again a kind of feeling outside itself, mm. and um, I, I, all the other work had that in a way. And in a, I, I was thinking about this painting, and I wanted to show it, and I just thought, how am I going to make some kind of connection? For everybody here and so I used that kind of a very kind of found thing again mm. to do that I guess yeah so it, it, it was pretty much an intuitive decision mm. um, although it kind of I guess connected to the, to the forms and the shape and the structures of the, of the show yeah yeah I think that choices of color again or the way I operate with that again come out of um, that that thing you said a little bit earlier, the chance encounter, really. Mm, mm. I, I think look, if, if I take you back to the to the um, uh, deep blue filtered silver painting, um, the colour was dictated by some packets that my dad had in the garage again. Um, so he had all these old packets from again a long time back, mm. and uh, but they were they were those colours. They were these kind of off blues, scraped blues, battered mm. blues. Um, yeah, and so I, I used those deliberately, and um, a lot, of, a lot of, and uh, he had restaurant menus, and um, the restaurant menus were, were specific colours um, mm. at the Caprice. Um, yeah, I think it was a really, it was a deep kind of blue, and um, there, there was images of candelabras in this restaurant menu, mm. and it was kind of, they were kind of this kind of red. Uh, or off red, orange, mm. between orange and red, really. Mm. Yeah. So, so I, I guess again, what you, I'm sort of referring to as a way yeah. is that there, there are there are found or things that reference time and place. Mm. I think in a way mm. I, I choose them. Mm. And do you think that's always been part of your practice, even when like you were at art school? Um, even like sort of shortly after. Yeah. Do you um, think it's always? It's always been like that. Yeah. I. I, I, I well, you can see I'm pretty obsessed with collections, like, like many yeah, others are, you collections are, Yeah, of you've got like collections of yeah. um, I just keep, actually, I'm, 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 I just collect paint, actually. Mm. I don't even use it all the time. <laughs> I just kind of have it. You just buy it because it looks I, nice. I just keep, I keep <laughs> yeah. buying it and buying it, you know, and I, and I just go and buy it and then sometime I'll use it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I just get quite fascinated by 
I mean, as a, as a predominantly I use acrylic at the moment, I sometimes use a bit of oil on it, but mm. I guess it's because I just get interested in a certain colour that's just been kind comes out or, or I hadn't noticed. Um, and I quite like that. So, and it's, I, I'm not really drawn to any one particular make. I think I'm more interested in the colour than the kind of make. Although I, oh, I, I, although I, mm. I do know that each, you know, the colours operate in different makes in different ways yeah yeah but, so they're two um, different names yeah, all the you know yeah. the strengths as yeah. you know are slightly different well i used to use lascal acrylic really um predominantly when i was at college and um that's because they, it, it kind of started coming out in the 90s lascal and i and i discovered it and i just kind of just got really obsessed with it for a while mm. and all the kind of i guess mediums and gessos that came with it and um so i've always used used it from that time as a kind of pretty much the go-to sort of acrylic I'd use but um, and I think that's because it's got this really lovely kind of surface to it again I, it just has a stronger sense of surface but I, I like to use things within conjunction you know all makes because it, again I don't want you to necessarily know what make of colour I'm using mm, I'd rather yeah. have a lot of different things mm -mm, so mm. it, it isn't easy on the end of it um, and it's done with a palette knife you might not be able to tell that, but... Uh, I think I can yeah, now, looking yeah. at it. Yeah, I can, yeah. 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 So, pretty much, I'm using... I'm using very fluid paint, impasto paint, quite heavily um, applied. And that then I, then I wouldn't use the soft, I'd use the sort of more full-bodied paint, really. Mm. Um, I, I, like, I like all the tensions between all of those things, really. Yeah. And yeah. I think, in a way, that the kind of way it reacts on, on paper or other kinds of... Um, supports then then that kind of goes on to the wood as well so mm. there's quite a lot of things that are kind of interacting um, and there's always a chance of it going wrong actually oh, it's, yeah. you know because mm. paper and card and strange old packets don't always do the things that you want them to do mm. and so you know there's a kind of sometimes a sort of battle with the with those elements mm. for them all to kind of stay the way you want them to. Yeah, and I'm assuming that you secure it with a kind of a varnish. I yeah. spray it sometimes with a matte varnish, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. which is again a good way of pulling it all together. Um, usually, you can you can keep spraying it with more layers and layers <laughs> of matte varnish uh, because yeah, it kind of pretty much holds it all together. Then, um, mm. yeah, I, I think you you know the, the one well again, give Lasco another. Mm. No, I, I just use. Matt varnish with them because again it all, <coughs> actually I, I don't only spray I actually use brushes as well mm, yeah, yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah and what are your thoughts on abstraction and do you regard your paintings as abstract I mean it's it's I, I find that calling something abstract whether it's painting sculpture or whatever is it's just one of those debates where it's just constantly back and forth sure. and ever decrease in circles um, but it would just be interesting to know your thoughts about it and and how and how you feel about your own work in, in relation well, I, I, you to know, I, I've got lots of heroes as we all have but you know I kind of was interested in Diebenkorn and Alitsky uh, American painters really um, blown away by Richter at one point you know, I, I thought all, all those people have kicked in, I guess, and um, but they, again, they maybe have a slightly sort of poetic part to their practice. Like Richter has that sort of interest in photography that kind of underpins a lot of his thinking, and sometimes he's working over photographs, <clears throat> and I think that always interested me how those those parts of his practice kind of always work for him. Things underneath things, I quite like that. Um, and I like the way with Diebenkorn that he was really interested in, in, in a kind of cut or a slice into a painting or a slice into something. He, he recently had a show, as you, as you know, over at the Royal Academy. And, um, you know, the pieces I was really drawn to were the ones on cigar boxes. And they just kind of, again, had everything for me because they had the under thing. You could, you could see the cigar box coming through underneath the paint. And again, that's something that really kind of started to make, kind of connect with me, really. Um, and they were small, kind of intimate things. And the box was interesting, of course, because it was, you know, this kind of cigar box front to it. Um, 
so I, again, I, it's an odd thing, isn't it, with the term abstraction? Mm. Sometimes it comes from something. Yeah, it's uh, abstracting. Yeah, it's abstracting yeah. from something. Yeah, and from I guess something. maybe, you know, with me, that perhaps is how it works. Mm. Um, mm. I, I couldn't say my work was you know, completely systematized, you know, in the sense of um, some of those systems artists in, in, in from, the, from the 60s. Um, but I have an affinity with their kind of thinking really I think it's that constructed way of thinking um, and the way they often you know put put compartments and structures together I think that's what I have an affinity with with those those particular artists um, you know and I and I you know I think back to obviously people like Newman and Rothko who you know I liked as it uh, and those are the people I discovered you know first of all of course um, and you know, Newman was important, I think, because he he, he started to use those zips, and I uh, I kind of got really absorbed in zips for a long time, and uh, you know that they they kind of work work. They're definitely in the work still. Mm. I mean, if I can look at this painting behind you, it's kind of got a zip, but it's made out of wood. Yeah. And it kind mm. of punch punctuates the space. Mm. Um, mm. And so there are lots of little kind of zips still yeah. in the work. And even this one behind, yeah. which is the rectangle yeah. work. Which has got the uh, the triangle on top of it. Yeah. There's lots of little zips going on yeah. and, and um, cut throughs and yeah. um, kind of edges of colour which tend to radiate the work. I think. Yeah, they, they pull out. I, I, yeah, I think I would, yeah, they do. You know, that was always the thing, the tension that Newman had for me. Yeah, he, he was able to do that to kind of those those zips punctuated the space. Mm. It was an enormous, vast Newman, kind of in this minty green brown at the tape. I think I guess it was in his last show, um, or the last show they had of Newman there, and that that's one I always think about as a kind of spatially brilliant painting because it has this depth of space, this field of space, which, which I really use. It resonates with me. Hmm. Um, and what are your thoughts on uh, Bridget Riley? Uh, I mean, she often talks about op art, and she yeah. she always said, you know, I'm not an op artist. You know, I'm. I'm someone that deals with well similar things that you deal with, you know, c- color and space. How how you can um, challenge the viewer, you know, in a way when you look at certain forms. And she always said that there was more to her work than just meets the eye. Well, I think she was very interested in in Seurat and Cezanne and, and those kinds of artists and the way they kind of optically dealt with the landscape. And I, and I think that's where she comes from, really. Mm-hmm. It kind of comes from a landscape. And so I think that's, again, often, you know, the format of her works are, are you know, uh, wide angle. Yeah. And, and I think that, that that permeates the way she thinks as well. And it does me. So I, I guess that, that seeing that landscape format always intrigued me with Riley. Um, and I got, and, and, and I, you know, I collect a lot of postcards of her work sitting on my desk looking at it now thinking yeah, why, why am I kind of interested in her and when it really boils down to it I think it's down to the movement mm. I've always interested in work with movement in it optical movement or the way that the, the paint or the structure of the painting shifts people's perception and I'm really excited by that in a work and so I don't I, I try to make most of us have some kind of optical control on, on you mm. and you can't settle that easily on the work and I think that's something that's quite exciting for me. Uh, and it, 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 it doesn't say just sit you down and here mm. you are in this kind of still space. Uh, yeah. It's a kind yeah. of, it, it's a thing that makes you kind of wrestle with the space a little bit. Mm. Mm. So I, I guess, you know, that, that's what Ronnie does for me. And I, yeah. I, I, I think, yeah. she, you know, and her choices of colour are... It's incredible, actually. Um, I mean, it's... I'm just trying to think. I think I've seen a few of her stuff in the tape, but I've yeah. never actually seen like a retrospective yeah. Yeah. or anything like that. But yeah. it would be good to see a lot more. Well, she had a fantastic show at the National Gallery um, mm. a couple of years ago, uh, and again, I thought that was the best show I'd seen of hers. It just really, it really worked with the space mm. and the fact it was in the National Gallery. Where yeah. work she is incredibly interested in, like like Sarah yeah, and some yeah. of the others, yeah, and, and um, mm. you could see it just kind of had connected to her. And I think she she you know she's also making you know, large wall drawings as well, and some of the paintings were wall paintings. I think she works very well with that too, and I, I'm interested in that kind of site specificity as well mm. with her.
and probably for me because I, I think yeah. my work has that site specific kind of mm. yeah, intention because I remember seeing your show at the CNC gallery yeah. and um, part of the wall was I think it was a same colour as that. What colour is that? Oh yeah. Cobalt oh. green deep. Yeah, yeah something, it was, like that. It was something like that. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that that complemented your your work quite quite well in a way. Well, it's um, it was a, it was actually a choice made by the gallery. But oh. when 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 I um went there, I decided I would just make the work, site specifically to the colour, and to and to and to the way that the space worked. Mm. And so, that's what I did really. I kind of had I. I photographed the space and then went away and made the work that kind of I felt in a way you talked to the space and talked to the, the colour in the space mm. so I used a lot of black as well to sort of punctuate it as mm. well against that um, yeah so I, I guess I'm, I'm interested in that, that and do you do that quite a lot with you know if you're showing work would, would you make work in response to yeah, the space yeah I, 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 I like that idea I think um <coughs> I mean, I think it's sometimes it's partly made for space, or I try to react to the space of the work. Mm. So maybe that's another thing that's important. I kind of would, would if I had work that I felt would kind of again interact with that space better. I I, I would make that choice really. Um, I think um, yeah, I had a couple of shows at the Sluice Art Fair and I, I'd done that then because those spaces have often been spaces that are not gallery spaces you know, and I, but I've liked that every time because I just like often showing in, in non-gallery kind of spaces in that mm. way because I think my work could, can suit that mm. as well And do you have any plans this year for any shows or do you have any projects coming up <laughs> at all or in the next couple of years maybe do you have any plans? I'd like, I'd like, you know, I'd like to work with with larger kind of institutions, maybe maybe museums or that kind of context would be interesting for me, or places again that I, I wouldn't necessarily consider being a gallery a gallery context really. Um, mm. I like I like working in galleries that could be houses, I guess oh, right, those okay. kinds of things, you know, yeah, that, those yeah. always interest me. Like okay. again, so I, I, mm-hmm. I guess in a, in a way that might connect to the kind of sense of the, the paintings as well. That yeah, they have that kind of interior kind of quality about the more architectural space. Mm. So that that's something that I I like working with as well. So yeah, I would I probably sort of think about that, those kinds of opportunities. Mm. Um, to kind of push, I think, in the future, yeah. Mm. I think that, that, that might be important. I like I like collaborating and curating shows, though, I guess, as well. So, I mean, I um, yeah, I think we met at that Imperfect Reverse show. I don't know if you came to Yeah, I, I, I came to the talk and talk then I saw the show yeah. afterwards, yeah. yeah. And that was really interesting because there was a lot of artists in that show. Yeah. And I think, did you spend quite a lot of time preparing for it yeah, and researching no, we, it? Yeah, we did, just, yeah, yeah. It was a couple of years, wasn't it, I it, think? It was, yeah. It took a long time. I, I think I'm very interested in projects that are quite... Slow burn. Ah, uh, yeah. You know that yeah. you're kind of thinking about the kind you of. You can spend um, time like researching. Sure. And, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's important, and it gives it a kind of a depth that you know then people can kind of key into that. Really, I think. Um, yeah, I mean sometimes shows have pop up shows happen, but I, and I'm fine with that. But I think I'm quite interested in the kind of the context behind something, and so probably the shows will grow kind of quite slowly shows have you seen recently that you that you've been really impressed by well i enjoyed the hard edge show over at um Saatchi gallery that dominic Beatty uh, pulled together over there i thought it, he'd really kind of thought about um the different qualities of, of you know for, for of abstraction but also the sense of um surface as well he'd really thought about different types of surface you know there was the surface of, of wood there was surface of Plaster. There was kind of very flat surface. There was um, sharp edges, soft edges. I, I think it, hard edge was a kind of title, but I think it had lots of different mm, edges mm. apart from the hard edges. Mm. So I thought that was really exciting, and the kind of color choice was really punchy. Uh, and also the what was in the, how, how the space was left. There's a lot of space. It, it, it didn't feel necessary just to fill the space. And I'm always liking that in, in curated show. A kind of space is left a bit open. And then I saw the Amy Silman show over at 
at, at Camden Arts Centre. And I thought, again, she's a really interesting artist in terms of space. She'd kind of hung a kind of washing line off across one space and then hung all the drawings together so you could see them both sides. And I thought that was really innovative as well. So you could really see through the drawings, either side of the drawings, walk either side of them. I thought that worked really well. And then there was a kind of set of drawings when you first came in, which were wall-based, mm. again hung in a kind of um, a stacked way. And I like that. I often hang some of my collages in a stacked way, mm. um, you know, through, through in, the, in the same kind of way, really. And um, but it felt it felt that she's kind of into to letting the work have a kind of loose starting point, you know, kind of using zines and using a kind of um, different types of drawing materials to activate the work. Uh, and I find that again really exciting. I think, um, and I, I think some of the paintings kind of felt like they were. Um, they felt they felt quite hard won the paintings, but but somehow the kind of drawings kind of engaged me just a little bit more. But I just think that's just just me. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Lawrence. It was great to see you, and hopefully, I'll see you soon. Yeah, great yeah, to see you too. Thank you. Yeah. Seabrook Art Collections. For more information, please visit www.priseman-seabrook.org.